Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC, your downloadable commentary for the week, delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free, thanks to our sponsors this week, Ritual and The Gaming Ride Home. They're bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard i'm your host jeff canada that's spelled with two n's and one t and i am joined as always by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis the guy who's rocking that rtx audio mr christian spicer hello christian i am i'm trying it today we'll see how it works also up top on on the quick uh the, the official the last of us podcast i believe it should start this week on the 9th why is that notable christian spicer uh i'm the host of it whoa what kaboom uh yeah and it is uh you know based on the the tiny little uh teaser trailer that i got to hear that anybody can hear right now uh it sounds very high quality very amazing you got access to Everybody, everybody involved, everybody involved, right? The janitors at uh, at Naughty Dog. You talk to everyone. Yeah, I mean, every, yes. Short answer, yes. Uh, the first episode is the ninth, like as you mentioned. The trailer is out now. You can find it in your RSS podcast provider of choice. The official, the Last of Us podcast, and then another thing I need to say quickly up top: if you've listened to this show before, I hope you know where Jeff and I stand on a lot of things. As someone who has joked about who has done CrossFit in the past and has made CrossFit jokes in the past and jokes about doing CrossFit, about joking about doing CrossFit, I need to say, um, screw that guy. You know what I mean? Uh, totally tone deaf tweets. It makes me embarrassed to have participated good on Reebok for backing out and no longer affiliating with CrossFit and good on all the boxes that are also backing out because uh, this is a family-friendly show, so I can't say what I want to say, but screw that guy. We'll you are, you're definitely doing some burpees and anger this week, though, I, I can tell. <laughs> no, it's true. I, I am flipping all of the tractor tires over to his house and through his windows, you know? <laughs> hey, for real, we have, what, a, what a jerk, that guy. What a jerk. Uh, I actually don't even know. Uh, there's so many jerks at this point, I don't even know what... I haven't even followed this one, so I don't even know the reference yet, but I'm sure I'll find out very soon, <laughs> and I'm sure you're justified in your uh, comments. I uh, 
I have to say, we, we, we got lots of video game stuff to talk about this week, which is good. Uh, you know, I, there's still news happening, lots of things delayed, and I think rightfully so. Um, things that we thought were going to be happening this week uh, were delayed, and uh, I'm glad that some some of these uh, corporations realized that now is not the moment and that uh, other voices needed to be heard and room needed to be made for that. So I'm glad about that. But there's still lots of video game news to talk about, a lot of video games to celebrate, and that's what we're here to do. We have an awesome guest to do it with this week. You know the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But once again this week, DLC stands for your downloadable Cicero because we have Gamer. VO artist, co-host of the Discovery Debrief and adventurer in Rivals of Waterdeep, our friend Cicero Holmes is back with us. Hey, Cicero. I am taking bows right now. That that was one heck of an intro. Thank you very much. I am so glad to be back home, man. Yeah, we're so glad to have you. It has been too long. How how are you? How are you holding up? You know, I am. Um, you know, all things being considered, I'm I'm still okay. I get up every morning. I stretch my legs and and my arms and uh, take a breath and I, you know keep trying to add positivity into the world. Well, I have to say, I am enjoying immensely the things you guys are doing on Rivals of Waterdeep. Thank we you had so much. Uh, we had Sharif on last week, and uh, we talked to him about the show and uh you you are a part of that team as well and it's uh, a lot of fun the uh musical episode yes we we heard teased as well so i'm ex- very excited to to hear how that comes out yeah well it was it was today oh um, i and, i didn't even realize that yes. i yes i i have i have not seen the stream so i'm excited <laughs> to see to hear the podcast yes and 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 full disclosure, as am I, because I was running a 5K today, did not actually participate in the musical stream. You chickened out. Oh, you chickened out to save to save everyone's ears. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Well, so that I'm, was that was uh, you know it 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 is what it is. And actually, actually, um, you know, for those for those of you who don't know, uh. Cicero Holmes is taking a little break from the season for Rivals of Waterdeep. So the next season is upcoming and I won't be participating. Um, the, just the world, the world was heavy. There were lots of things going on and, uh, both in, both in my life and in the world. And I'm taking a, taking some time for some self care. So my, my character, my bard, uh, his name is Perrin Underboo. Um, Perrin is going to be doing some other particularly unwell things, uh, in, 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 uh, Waterdeep. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to see, uh, or get, you'll at least get to hear what Perrin is doing in the beginning of season seven of Rivals of Waterdeep, uh, which, uh, comes out, I believe is June 21st. Mm. At twelve, I'm doing I'm doing that plug early. Uh, no, twelve p.m. <laughs> twelve p.m. Uh, Central on Twitch.tv slash D Very cool, man. Well, I, I'm I applaud you for uh, for taking the time you need, and uh, I can't wait for Perrin to be back with the team. Thank you. All right, very much. let's start the show the way we always do with story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. 
Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by visiting our subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com. You can also hang out with us in the official DLC Discord, which you can find a link to, an invite to, at the top of our Reddit. Uh, very fun people there. Uh, I've just discovered the the uh, the Discord that's been around for literally years. But now I'm hanging out there all the time, seeing people talking. Uh, great conversations. So I encourage people to check that out as well. But Cicero, you are our guest. So you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Oh, uh, the story of the week has to be my my good friend Kurt Schilling's uh, <laughs> Thirty Eight Studios, <laughs> Kingdoms of Amalur re reckoning. Yes, um, yes. The, the the announcement of that uh, very actually very very good game from a terrible human being. He can also go suck on a he can suck on a sock. If you're a baseball fan, you know why that that works. Um, uh-huh. And uh, but but uh, a great game. He actually had what was it? Was it R.A. Salvatore? That yes, doing- uh, among others. Yeah, there was a yeah. lot of really big uh, creative people that were brought together to make the uh, Kingdoms of Amalur yeah. game. It was supposed to be, I think, the first of a trilogy. Right. Uh, that right. did not work out yeah. too well. Um, yeah, it didn't. It didn't work out too well. Um, the state of Delaware was not very happy with yeah. <laughs> and Rhode Island. And uh, they, oh, was it they Rhode were, Island? Yes, Delaware. Rhode Island. Of- <laughs> Again, sorry, New York bias. Rhode Island and Delaware are basically the same thing to us. You know, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, there are grieved parties uh, along a, uh, a, a trail of tears that led to the making of what I agree with you, Cicero, is actually a pretty decent role playing game. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this was what, 2012 it came out right. somewhere around there. Yeah. And um, I I actually really dug this game when it came out. Uh, but you're right. it The story behind Kingdoms of Amalur uh, is fascinating if yes. any listeners do not know it uh it is long it is wild it took many years of lots of litigation in courts but the short version is basically uh 38 studios which is named that way because of kurt Schilling's number and he founded the studio uh it was this was like their big game they were going to make an mmo based on this universe they put a lot of money and effort into building the fiction of this universe the lore and uh, and then uh, they got a loan from the state of Rhode Island for $50 million, uh, which was nowhere near enough to make this game. And it bankrupted the studio and they defaulted on the loan and it a bunch of taxpayers got screwed over. And it, it was a, a, just a whole nightmare. It, the studio went down. The game came out. And like yeah. we said, I thought it was pretty decent. So yeah. this is a remake, or not a remake, a, uh, a remaster, although I guess some sections of the game will be remade. Uh, they say, quote, refined gameplay, improved visuals. Um, coming out October, excuse me, coming out August 18th. Um, are you excited about this? I mean, I guess we can talk about it on, in two prongs because you, you brought it up this way and it's a, the only way to talk about this is, A, are you excited about this game getting a remaster? And B, do we want to support this thing because clearly the people who actually made it and the people who actually funded it aren't going to get any of this money. <laughs> right. So, uh, so I'll, I'll address the second question first. And, and this is a really, man, this is a tough philosophical stance that I take with a lot of different things. And I try to separate 
the art that was created from the artist who, um, mm. who created it. Yeah. And, and because if you dig deep enough and hard enough, um, you will find something objectionable about any artist that you like, except for everyone on this part podcast currently. Of, <laughs> of course. course. Um, of course. but, but, and, you know, and to that point, even if you know something is terrible, especially, especially if you know that the, the person that is objectionable isn't going to profit off of you, um, consuming whatever that art is, mm. then it's, it's kind of okay to enjoy it for what it is. You kind of get a pass. Um, yeah. and you know, I mean, that being said, I, you know, I, I don't eat at, uh, uh, delicious hate Chick-fil-A. Um, delicious hate chicken or, you know, any of those other places because I find, I find their politics objectionable. So I don't, I don't, um, you know, I don't patronize those places, but Kingdoms of Amalur, uh, the re-reckoning, I think I would think about purchasing because of all of the stuff that I said. Having said all that, I'm happy that it's getting notice. I doubt that I'll download it. Hmm. Uh, unless it's in game pass if it's in game pass i'll download it and i'll play it that's interesting i wonder if it will be uh, evidently it's being handled by uh kaiko i hope i'm pronouncing that right um this is the germany uh, the german uh studio that also did the remasters of the darksiders games darksiders right. war mastered right. edition and darksiders 2 the definitive edition both of which i thought were handled very very well and were impressive remasters so it sounds like it's in good hands um, but yeah, it, it, you know, it's a strange thing. I saw, uh, Corey Barlog, uh, uh, of Sony Santa Monica tweet about this and saying that, you know, if this was a movie that was being reissued or something about it was coming out, the, the original creators, people who worked on that thing would get some compensation, but because it's a video game, if you're not actively employed by a studio, you don't get paid, right. which is, you know. A double-edged sword, for sure. Um, uh, Christian, did you play this game when it came out? I don't remember. I, I know that this was during the weekend confirmed days, because I remember talking about it on that podcast, but I'm not sure if you played this. If I did, it wasn't for any meaningful amount of time. Like, I remember the controversies around it much more than, <laughs> than I remember anything about the game, yeah. other than people saying, hey, it's it's actually pretty good. Like, you know, the, the Hubba Baloo is what I know about it, but I'm excited for it to get a a second chance and to find a second audience. Um, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know if it's, if, if there's a lot of people are looking for it, to be perfectly honest, there are so many games, so many games. I just worry how anything finds, um, a foothold or finds traction right now, but maybe this has enough because of the past controversy. Are there so many games or are there too many games? Definitely the one that we have a bumper for. Um, <laughs> Just wondering. <laughs> but hopefully maybe this leads to something bigger and they actually do make this a franchise, right? It did, it did seem like they put a lot of time and effort into kind of creating a world and, and maybe them bringing it back this way allows more of that world to be seen later. And that could be fun. I'm genuinely curious if my positive feelings about this game will endure a re-release. You know, if, if, if it, only felt like it was good because it came out in 2012 or if it felt like it was good because I kind of had low expectations for it when it came out or if it's genuinely good. Uh, and I'm, I'm very curious. I don't know if it's 
you know, $40 good, uh, curious <laughs> because I think that's what it's going to cost uh, when it comes out. Well, on, on uh, again, I, I, yeah, I, I, I think the hope is uh, since it, since it popped up on the, you know, it got, it got leaked on the Microsoft store that maybe, maybe yeah. it'll be part of game pass. And, you know, and this is to me, this is the perfect type of game to, um, to be released in, in essentially the last quarter of, of the twilight of a console generation. Mm. Um, it's, it's not, it's not a new IP. It's not a sequel to a, you know, beloved franchise. Um, you know, a la last of us. Um, but it's, it's a game that some people may have played before. It may be a game that you had missed at one point. And now it's out and it looks better than it ever had, you know, ever had been before, plays better than it ever played before. And now you get a chance to check it out before you go out and, and, uh, purchase, you know, spend the rest of your, uh, year savings on new consoles and equipment. Yeah. Yeah. This is like the fuller house of video games, right? Absolutely. It's like, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't buy the DVD box set of fuller house, but it's, it's on Netflix, so I'm going to watch a couple episodes just to curiosity, you know, mm-hmm. just to see, just to right. see how I felt about Full House and what they've done with it now. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to feel like it's going to. Yeah, or I hope it is a Game Pass game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, more, or nonstop binging, right? Yeah. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> uh, Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? It has been long rumored, and it, it's happening. And maybe it was meant to be fully revealed at EA Play, this year's EA Play, which has been postponed until June 18th. But EA Access is coming has come to Steam. And I think this is really big. I think seeing more of this kind of thing in the PC space is, is interesting, and I think a testament to... Speaking of um, the week and confirm days, it seemed like the story then was always like PC gaming is dying, right? <laughs> like, um, we we'll couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I think this is interesting. And I think EA doing it via Steam is interesting as well versus um, Ubisoft, like Uplay Plus or whatever that theirs is called, where yeah. it's like its own service that you subscribe to. Um, and there are certainly other subscription services on PC. But this feels like a, a big deal to me, especially considering EA has origin and they had their own thing, right? Like, so they kind of already had their own thing on PC and bringing it to Steam feels, it, it feels big. It, it feels big. I agree. I think it is big. I think it also, I wonder, and I would throw it out to both of you for your opinions. I wonder if this is a harbinger of things to come in that the sort of consolidation of all these different disparate services on PC might be happening. We might be seeing the first domino of what will be like an, an Ubisoft you play on steam or on the Epic game store, where instead of having all these different launchers, all these different uh, places that your video games can live, they can all live in, on Steam, but then you can have these different services that are subsets of Steam that you pay for and give you access to early things, give you free games. I think that's a cleaner, more convenient way for me, from my perspective as a consumer, 
it seems cleaner and, and more convenient, but I wonder what you guys think. Cicero, what's your take on this? So, so basically what you're saying, Jeff, is that you think Steam is going to be the smart TV of computer gaming? <laughs> well, maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if only we could have one subscription that we, you know, with all these different services, one we just gonna, to rule we'd call it something like cable. I don't <laughs> right, know. Right. Um, so I, I think what this, what this really uh, says to me, what this screams to me more than anything else is that Anthem destroyed their PC business. <laughs> um, because, because so, you know, I mean, they were, they were full speed ahead two, three, two and a half years ago with origin access. Um, and, and they were really, really pushing it. And, and in fact, had created a premium model of their origin, origin service, uh, at EA play, or at, at least it announced it at EA play 2018. I think that I'm, was. I wouldn't be able to correct you, but I'll take right. your word for it. <laughs> um, but you know, and and since you know, at that at that EA play, the big game, the big AAA title, the thing that if you were there at that at that uh, particular event that I, you know, I think it was at the Palladium um, where I was. Um, the one thing that everybody wanted to see was Anthem, and they had it behind closed doors. They invested a lot of money, yeah, in in that game. And, you know, we all know what happened with it. And, um, and a lot of what they were doing and what they were building was, you know, hinged upon the success of this game and it didn't work. And now what they, what they're finding is people have apathy towards this service because they're not gaining anything from it. Mm. And instead they should bring, bring their service. You know, they realize smartly. Let's just bring the same service that we have on uh, the Xbox over to Steam, and you know, get our user base back, uh, and and have them, you know, like okay, we don't have the big AAA title that is, you know, doing everything that everybody wants it to do, um, or or is part of the conversation. Um, but we do still have Madden on, on PC and, and, uh, you know, we still have FIFA and we, you know, we still have games and we need to gain a foothold in the PC marketplace again. Uh, and so let's just introduce EA access. Yeah. It's, I think you're probably accurate on that assessment. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it, it's interesting to me that, they, that they wouldn't, have recognized this. Uh, I mean, I guess you, the hubris of, Hey, we'll just make our own thing. We don't have to give steam any money, but the, the giving the games to the pl place where the people are seems like a pretty, you know, let's make our own store. It's like, Oh, well, there's a whole lot of people coming into this store. Um, but I guess, you know, these are the things that you learn as you, as you go. And um, I, I wonder how much of this is, playing into the steam versus epic game store thing and the, you know here's another uh you know a, a bullet in the chamber for for steam or uh i don't know i don't i it, it remains to be seen if this is a singular event or if this bodes any particular way for the way all of these services are going to line up if if ea is 
he is a big player, you know, and they're talking about bringing uh, twenty over 25 EA games to Steam now. They're starting with the Dragon Age series and Need for Speed, and uh, they're going to continue to allow that kind of early access thing, the uh, discounts on purchases, all the stuff that came with EA access uh, will be applicable on Steam. And I just wonder if that is going to move the needle at all on some of these other companies, these other publishers, these other services that have all been established. Because I think the fracturing of that, of having all these different disparate services across all these different launchers, I found it just fatiguing. (laughs) Do I I even have this game installed? Which launcher is it on? Where did I find it? It is nice. Uh, You know, as much as I don't want to create a monopoly uh, for a game store, for one company, it is nice to have that entire playlist on one in one place uh, and I can manage it all. I don't know. That's convenient to me and I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would agree. Uh, at, at this point though, uh, I don't think Ubisoft has any incentive to, to jump ship and, yeah. and stop, you know, again, if, if the rationale is, is sound that I'm making about EA, Ubisoft still dropping hits and they've got, you know, multiples all mm. over the place. Uh, yeah. but, but, you know, we haven't heard about Battlefield. Um, we'll assume that Battlefield is going to drop, uh, this November, um, you know, both for the new consoles and, and for the PC. So, uh, you know, that's going to be the big, well, and, and, you know, the new Madden, but those are going to be the new big titles for EA access on PC and on console. Uh, my yeah. question is, Will does my EA access uh membership carry over from my Xbox to to Steam? I think so. I think it's one membership. I, I don't quote right. me on that, but I think that's the case, yeah. Because you know, I had to pay for origin access hmm. and and you know, and now I've got EA access and I've got both of those. So yeah, so hopefully. It's a lot of access. Awesome. That is a yeah. lot of access. A lot of access to nothing. Um <laughs> you know. Well, as for my story of the week, uh, I think I'm going to go with this Avengers game footage because I find it interesting. Uh, It's another THQ story, but this week, uh, a preservationist of of game lore, of, of, of games gone by, a fellow by the name of Andrew Borman, posted a gameplay from this canceled Avengers game that got, uh, that got canceled back in 2011. This is uh, a game that we heard a lot of rumblings about back in those days from THQ. They were working on this first-person team-based Avengers game, and it was targeted for the Xbox 360. I think that was the lead platform at the time. And I know I was excited about it. I remember mentioning it on several podcasts at the time, how excited I was. Uh, and then it got canceled and um, buried. But evidently, there was playable builds of this thing, and they have come to light. We've heard, we've seen leaks of this kind of stuff before, but now this is a full 10-minute presentation of what the game was like at one point. And it is a, not a finished game. There are placeholder, you know, boxes where there would be enemies, and the graphics are not completed. But you kind of get a sense of what this first-person Avengers game would play like. Uh, there's a sequence with Iron Man, there's a sequence with Thor and the Hulk and uh, Captain America. And uh, I, for one, think it looks pretty fun. And I wonder what you guys think. Uh, I wonder why this game got canceled. Uh, What do you think, Cicero? Well, um, it got canceled because there was no direction and it was going to cost them too much money. Uh, (laughs) And it was THQ. 
Uh, so as long as it, if, if it wasn't Saints Row, it just wasn't going to get made. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it did look cool. Um, and, and I, the thing that I love most about this is, uh, I'm a sucker for history and, and I'm a sucker for video game history. Like mm. to find out about the lost things and, and, you know, one of the great things I live here in, in the Chicagoland area. One of the great things about, uh, Chicago and the Chicagoland area is the Galloping Ghost Arcade. Uh, so shout out to Doc and the Galloping Ghost Arcade. It's the world's largest arcade. And, uh, wow. I think last count, I was there in February. There are 725 arcade cabinets there. Um, and, you know, some of them are, you know, one of two or three in the world arcade boards for, for the, those games. But being able to sit around someone, um, the, the owner who helps to restore and, and, and acquire these different game boards and, and, you know, get them ready for people to play, uh, is, his passion about games and gaming and, and its history. So sitting down with someone who understands that stuff is really awesome. So being able to see stuff like this, like, Oh, here is a game that they were going to make, but they didn't, you know, for whatever yeah. reason, it, it didn't get made, but here is something from that uh, is, is awesome to be able to, uh, to see and just kind of like live in for a little while. Yeah, clearly a lot of work was put in on this thing and it's nice that it wasn't lost to history. It, it is an interesting, as you said, piece of history to, to look back and see what may have been. Uh, it actually reminded me a lot of the Marvel powers United VR game that, yes. that came out on Oculus, uh, which is pretty decent. Um, that first person perspective, it, it reminded me a lot of that, but you know, I don't know. I, how much people want to be in the first person perspective playing superheroes. Like part of the fun is seeing the superhero the whole time. But, uh, I don't know. This looks kind of cool. Well, Christian, what did you think of it? Yeah, I think, I think it looked like it had potential. I would probably agree that it was canned for probably missing benchmarks or something, you know, like it, it's had to have been very expensive and something along the way didn't meet expectations and, or was not going to come in on time. And who knows when, I certainly don't. Someone probably does. But when they were set to lose the license, I imagine that's part of it as well, like renegotiating that stuff. Or maybe there was something about like their other games needed to hit certain metrics in order for this to come out. Like when you're dealing with major brands, major IPs like that, there are oftentimes a lot of other qualifiers in, in contracts. I don't know specifically for video games, but for other types of legal contracts, I've seen um, certainly the case. And so I, yeah. I feel like there was maybe something like that, but I am, I, I do love seeing this stuff. I think it's really fun to see and hear about these games that, that never made it out. And then I love it when things like on the Super NES mini, we got Star Fox two, you know, like yeah. it, it came yeah. out. I love stuff like that also. So hopefully we'll see more of this, you know, within a reason, I, I don't want like people to steal these things, right? Like that's not great. Um, but I, I do, and or, uh, we should talk about no clip also. And yeah, Life yeah. Three, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like being made by what, Arcane, right? Yeah, like Danny's work yeah. over there has been incredible, and that was such an incredible episode. So I hope that people see what he's doing and what our others are doing in this space, um, and treating it with respect, and we get to hear more of these stories because it's it's fascinating. In this game, particularly, there had been such a drought when this was scheduled to come out for these superhero games. I mean, I think this was was this pre Arkham. 
I'm trying to get. Oh, gosh, I forget when the first Arkham came out. It was yeah, maybe, it was six, but it was like around that time. Like we were in right. that lull. Um, and if this came out and knocked it out of the park, that would have been you know really exciting. So hopefully, we'll see more of these things. And I and I, I love it. I really really love it. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. I encourage people uh, listening to uh, check out the video. Uh, Arkham Asylum. I'm on it. August 2009. Yeah, so it it, it predates this, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Um, Another real quick story I wanted just to to run by you guys. I don't know if either of you are – well, I know Christian. uh, You used to be very into Destiny. Uh, Destiny 2. Uh, I don't know how big a Destiny player you are, Cicero, but Destiny 2 had a big in-game event that they teased, and this was sort of like the, the Fortnite-style in-game, something to yeah, log in at this time, and the world is going to change. And I'm not really a Destiny player anymore, and uh, so I, I did not do that, but I did watch the reaction of people who were super excited about this, and it it seemed to underwhelm a bit. It, it was a very long, uh, long event that, that didn't, not much happened over the course of, I guess, the 90 minutes that it took for the Almighty, which is a big Destiny 2 uh being uh to uh, crash i guess some um, might say the same thing about our show though jeff so i'm i'm okay with the 90 plus <laughs> our show is crashing in, in slow just motion take, it takes 90 minutes and not much happen not much happens, you know? there you go yeah and at the end uh we all go the almighty gives yeah. a parting gift you know <laughs> <laughs> uh so i guess first question is either of you pay attention to this and second question is do you think um you know, do you think it was well handled and do you think more of these kinds of in-game things sh- should happen? And what's your take, Cicero? Uh, so, I, yes, I used to be a Destiny, a big uh, Destiny player and a Destiny 2 player. Uh, I, I took a break and then came back for Stadia. Um, and, yeah, that sounds uh, like and, what Christian did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Destiny 2, it's, it wasn't enough to both save Stadia and save my want to play Destiny 2. So no, I did not pay attention to this. Um, I know that they, I've got good friends who are still very, very, very heavy Destiny 2 players. Um, but even they didn't tell me about this, so probably didn't go over as well as they had hoped. Yeah. Yeah, Christian, I I like these ideas in theory, and I think Fortnite has done some really impactful, cool ones that really changed the the game in a significant way. But I, you know, I think the hype on on stuff like this can get out of control, and then people have big expectations. And if if it really isn't game changing, it kind of feels a little underwhelming. But I like I like this in the abstract, like the idea of an ongoing game where show up today. And that ongoing game is going to be altered in some significant way. And you're going to be there for that moment. Like making that a moment feels really cool. And I, I, I like the idea of more games doing this. It just doesn't feel like this one was home run. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because they're hard to do right. And, and Fortnite has certainly done a great job with them recently, but if memory serves correct, the first ones of theirs was also kind of overhyped and took a while. And it was like, well, I forget what I honestly forget what their first one was, but it's like, oh, the map changed, but not how we thought. And again, Fortnite, cream of the crop, very done a really good job with this. Um, you'd hope that Bungie and Destiny could have learned more from it and kind of built on it and done like a 2.0 version. 
But as you said, Jeff, I'm super excited to see this type of thing happening in Destiny because video games are a thing now that are, you know, especially these live service games that can create appointment doing, whether it be playing, viewing or whatever. Did you just coin that? Did you just coin that or is that a thing you've heard before? Appointment doing? Because that's good. Well, thanks. Then I coined it, and it's recorded, so I have it copyrighted. Perfect. Did you hear appointment? Yeah, appointment viewing is a thing, right? I know right. that's why appointment well, doing yeah, is so good. Appointment doing is very Thank good. You. Okay, well, tune in next week. You, you're not going to want to miss it. I'm just 25 I'm just, minutes. I have a hard time believing. Episode. I have a hard time believing you came up with it. Is what I'm saying. Well, that's why people are going to want to listen to DLC live next week, where Jeff <laughs> becomes the player who starts hating everything, and Christian <laughs> what has happens. all the catchy jingles. That's what happens when Christian goes off and uh, you know works for Sony and does cool podcasts with awesome <laughs> editors. <laughs> it comes back with all these new phrases. I'm like, what? It's like uh, you know, it's like with a, the cheating spouse comes back. He's like, what? You never used to talk like that before. <laughs> I just got you flowers because I like you, Jeff. It's just to say hi. It's just, but I like this. I like this a lot. I like this a lot. And I hope that they continue to do it and do a better job of it or ones that satisfy fan expectations. But I think the, you know, the beauty and the beast of destiny has been for years trying to satisfy fan expectations. They have a very passionate fan base of which I am part of, you know, and and my playtime has certainly, you know, ebbed and flowed over time, but like it, they, they get a lot right. It usually just takes them a couple of iterations, <laughs> you know, and well, kudos yeah. to the team for trying. And I'm excited to see what destiny continues to be. And I, I like them taking this, this swing. So, so this event was a lot like, um, when your parents text you a, an emoji for the first time. <laughs> okay. How you know? so? <laughs> and, and in, in so much that they did it, and they understand conceptually what they were trying to do, but of course they missed the mark. Um, That's but, amazing. The, but, but to Christian's point, as they continue to, to do these types of things and listen and, you know, and the thing that is great about destiny about Bungie uh, is, is how, uh, how close to their community they are and how much they actually listen to their community and make changes. So I think, as they they get the they receive the feedback from this event uh when they do their next event a lot of those a lot of that feedback will be reflected in that in that next event mm, yeah. so then your mom will actually send you the thinking face emoji when she wants when she really means to <laughs> yeah Few, fewer no, eggplants mom no more eggplants yeah, right. that was just what we were having for dinner tonight dinner, and right. it was, <laughs> don't i understand now i'm not now i'm not hungry mom at all right. we had eggplants and then peach cobbler for dinner <laughs> oh golly <laughs> On that note, uh, let's time to thank our first sponsor, which is Ritual. Speaking of uh, nutritious foods uh, that we all love, uh, oftentimes we eat nutritious foods because we want to do the right thing for our bodies. Even when you behave that way, even living that kind of life, you often aren't getting all of the essential nutrients that you need on a daily basis. Enter Ritual. This is the obsessively researched vitamin for women. and. My wife has been taking ritual. She started her ritual uh, uh, several months ago now, has uh, been so happy with the ritual's essentials, which is that uh, that vitamin, that nutrient-rich uh, vitamin that 
is really all the stuff that most women don't get enough of from food. It's, it's a clean, transparent product, which is, I think, important for my wife and probably important for many of you listening. It doesn't have a lot of the additives or ingredients that you can find in some vitamins and all of the ingredients are there just like you would want to see on food on the label so you know exactly what you're putting into your body. This was created by a woman who really wanted to find that kind of thing that she values in her food in a in a vitamin, in a daily vitamin. So Rituals Essential for Women, the multivitamin reimagined has D3 to omega-3. It fills in all the gaps in a woman's diet. They also have a no-nausea capsule design that's gentle on an empty stomach, so you don't even have to worry about uh, taking it with food. That's one of my wife's favorite things about it is that it's much easier to remember to take a vitamin when you don't have to time it with your, your eating. And there's a mint in every tab, excuse me, there's a mint tab in every bottle that keeps things fresh, you, keeps your breath fresh. Oftentimes with these omega-3s, they have like a, a fishy aftertaste maybe get your breath not the place you want it to be. That's all taken care of with the Ritual Essentials for Women. Plus, you're subscribed and it's delivered to you. It's super simple. You can just start your subscription and you don't have to worry about it because Ritual comes to your door every month, which is pretty great. No strings attached uh, on the subscription either. You can cancel at any time, which is pretty cool. So better health doesn't happen overnight. Right now, Ritual is offering listeners of DLC 10% off during their first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Essentials for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash DLC to start your ritual today. That's 10% off your first three months at ritual.com slash DLC, R-I-T-U-A-L dot com slash D-L-C. All right, it's time to talk about the games that we have been playing. And Cicero, looks like you've been playing some of that Valorant, which I think just went full free-to-play for everybody this just a couple days ago right yeah it went 1.0 uh tuesday and uh that was my first time playing it um was was on tuesday and um it's interesting it's interesting now uh, so i just bought a uh or you know i just got my gaming rig you know my kick kick kick-ass gaming rig uh, and I was never a mouse and keyboard player, so I am terrible, mm-hmm. uh, at everything on mouse and keyboard. But so especially a, a game like Valorant was, was very, very difficult, but I just wanted to see it. Like, I just wanted to see what it was all about. And, and my, I guess my quick and dirty of it, like if I could make a, an analogy, it, it's kind of like when, uh, Lyle Lovett and uh, Julia Roberts got married. Um, <laughs> like, I, love I love your analogies tonight. They're thank you. off the thank charts, you. man. I thank, love them. Thank you. Um, so, like, you're you're like, hey, how, how did the two of those guys get together? <laughs> and, but it works. Um, yeah, I mean, because so, I mean, this game is if if the guys who made Counter Strike played Overwatch and was like, we need to make the next Counter-Strike more like Overwatch. And that's mm. what that's what Valorant is. 
Um, a little chocolate in my peanut butter, peanut butter uh, in my chocolate. Yeah, but it's it's more like you know it's it's more like chocolate in your tuna fish. Like it <laughs> should not work. You know, like it's, this, these two things. As someone who's clearly never had chocolate tuna fish before, but go ahead. Uh, ex- exactly, exactly, and you know it is all the rage in Sweden. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like it should not work, and it is. It's it's working. Um, I wonder for how long, but I guess, you know, as these games grow and live and, and they see what the meta is, um, based on, on the player base, they will evolve. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what Valorant is six months from now or a year from now. It certainly seems to have made a big impression on a lot of people. And I, this is, you know, I think listeners to our show know very, very well that this is a blind spot for me. Here I am on a video game podcast, and this is clearly one of the, biggest most popular video games in the world right now and it's just a it's just a genre that is not my interest uh so i love it when people like you come on and talk about it and talk about you know things that you're interested in and give it a more more perspective but i i think it's it's certainly from the outside looking in has been a game that seems like the ramp up to release they've done a lot of things right and uh they are handling it very smartly it seems building this this new ip into something large and something that everyone seems to be paying attention to and so just on that alone which is like you know i think job one of creating a great multiplayer experience you know we've seen lots of high profile multiplayer games lawbreakers comes to mind uh there are lots of others on you know on this this road uh, with casualties on this road uh that looked like they should have been you know big impactful games and they didn't do job one which is get a lot of people to play them and if you're if you're going to be a multiplayer only product that's the first step is getting a lot of people excited so that the the competition level, the player base, the, the you know the infrastructure of your multiplayer world is sustainable, is it sustains a the interest and excitement for the people that want to play it. So, uh, you know, outside looking in, that that feels like at least they did that much, and I, I really haven't gotten hands on with the game because I'm just not interested. But right. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm impressed with what they've done. Yeah. It's yeah, well, real uh, good. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Man. It's like you know, a testament to even when it launched in closed beta was it felt more polished than a lot of games do at air quote release. And I think taking their time with it and rolling it out the way they did, and they were, you know, the Twitch it had its pros and cons certainly, but in terms of getting hype around it, where watching it is how you got access to it, and. And the care they put into the game and the tweaks we've seen already from when it kind of first launched and closed beta to now, you know, wide release. I think it's, I think it's smart. I, I, I am curious to see how it, how it spreads and, and how it lasts, but it's clearly a game that is well thought out and well designed. And while it does take, you know, things from this and things from that, it has its own identity that I think it's going to continue to lean into in ways that make it different than either one of those two things that it draws inspiration from. And if lol is anything to go by, <laughs> you know, it's, right. it's going to be huge. And, and I, I don't see it slowing down. The only thing I think holding it back is the, um, the skill cap, not skill cap. What's the opposite of that? It, it 
people are good and playing a first oh, person right, right, shooter right. requires skill um, floor. <laughs> skill floor, yeah, like a high skill floor. I think it's the only thing that might hold it back, but it's really well done. And then a console port, you know, for next gen consoles or something, I think could help it as well, even though Riot certainly has not relied on those in the past. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that we'll see that. Yeah, obviously League of Legends not on any consoles, but a very different kind of game as well. So, you know, you would say Blizzard didn't put games on consoles and then all of a sudden there's Overwatch on consoles. So, um I could see that happening. I could definitely see that happening. I, I imagine that that might very well be in the works. Yeah, I I you know, uh as you were talking about uh games that go out there and they try and they they don't gain that loot uh that user base a few weeks back Amazon released their own shooter oh, yeah. Crucible. Um, right. Which which I, I you know, I played the tutorial and uh um you know, I was I was left feeling a little uh you know, underwhelmed and uh and you know, and talked to talked to a bunch of other players who checked it out and and felt similarly and I have not heard a word about Crucible since. Yeah. <laughs> it goes to show you that I went, "Oh, yeah. Uh, again, that's right. just like not doing job one, right? Which right. is sort of getting in that in that headspace of the gamers. I, obviously, I'm disconnected from this whole thing, so I may not be the best person to even weigh in on that. But still, you know, I'm certainly not unaware of Valorant. So, um, what else have you been playing, Cicero? So, I so I bought um, right before to uh, accommodate a, a commute. Uh, I bought myself a Nintendo Switch Lite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, for Animal Crossing. And, you know, I, after I disconnected that from my vein, I still needed stuff to play on my Twitch. Oh, on my Twitch. No on my Switch. You bought right. it for yeah, a commute. Was no, and then the commute there was went no away. commute. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I, you know, I had extra time. Uh, so I started playing a game called Treachery and Beatdown City. Yeah. Um, which, uh, is, is a game from a, a friend of mine. Uh, Sean Alexander Allen and uh, a new challenger is the name of the studio, but think River City Ransom set in the Lower East Side of New York City or uh, a a New York City analog, uh, yeah. and you just you just get to go and um, run roughshod, especially if you know if you are a person right now that has uh, been affected by by the recent events of 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 the world uh, or, or of, of America. This, this game is a bit of catharsis. Um, and, uh, it is, it is definitely a lot of fun to, to have a, um, multicultural group of players. Your, your first main protagonist is a, um, Afro Latina and, uh, she's going out and she's whooping some butt and she's going and she's trying to save the president who has been kidnapped and uh it's it's yeah it is a lot of fun it's retro in all the right ways it's smart and it's challenging uh and it's not that expensive on the switch so if you've got a switch and you're looking for something to play treachery and beatdown city yeah khalif was telling us or not khalif uh, sharif was telling us about this last week and uh uh i i first i'd heard of it and i checked it out this week it, it's pretty pretty cool man the the yeah. combat system is so clever to layer that kind of combat system on this kind of game. Uh, very, very cool. Very clever. I like yes. it. 
Anyway, that's Treachery in Beatdown City. It's on Switch. It's also on PC. I don't know if, if it's on other consoles, but not uh, yet. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. So the uh, first first console release was on Switch, though. That's cool. Christian, you and I have been playing uh, some things we we can't talk about yet. I'm very excited to talk about them, but we've also been playing some Switch things, uh, some Switch things that we both checked out on Switch that are Switch things. Yes, there are things I cannot talk about, and then there is the Outer Worlds on Switch, which I was provided a code for. This is my third time uh, through the game, uh, both on PS4 and then PC and then on Switch. And I don't know about you, Jeff, but I will say that I am so impressed by this game on Switch. The fact that it is on Switch kind of blows me away. Like, it is the game, you know? Like, from character... Yeah! As you expect. But well, let me finish. Let it me finish. is impressive that that game, that game of that size and scope, I'm playing it on a handheld, is yes impressive in the abstract. It is absolutely mind blowing that a big open world RPG like The Outer Worlds is playable on a handheld uh, and it, it playable at all and is there and works and the whole yes. game is there. Amazing. That is yes. in itself shocking. Yes. And then if you'd let me finish, Mm -hmm. it was going Mm -hmm. to be, it is by far the worst version of the game. Yeah. And if you have any other way to play the game, I highly recommend you play the game, because as we talked about last year. It's a very good game. Incredible game. Very good game. I would also say that if if you only have a Switch, and this is the only way you can play this game, (laughs) I I would still recommend playing it. Maybe. I would. I, feel, I would recommend. Uh, I'm like four hours in on the Switch version, and it is not the best. And I doubt I'll put oh, more that many more hours into it. But, it is rough, dude. It is rough. like I like you said. It is an engineering marvel that this. It seems to me that this game, which is I, I don't know, it was like a 15 gig download on my Switch. I had to like clear off almost all my other Switch games, or it was something something insane like that. 18 gigs, something like that. Uh, so I had to clear off like everything else on my switch in order to get this on my original SD card. Um, just the fact that this gargantuan experience is there. Yes. But Are you playing on your TV or in handheld mode, handheld mode. Okay. So that might make it different. Cause I'm playing in handheld mode as well. I imagine on TV. I mean, I know it has like a little extra because of the, uh, yeah. the dock, but I can't imagine it looks great. Blowed up. <laughs> it can't. Right. It, like I'm, I'm surprised that they managed to keep the draw distance the way it is, uh, because you do see very far into the distance, but everything is blurry. Yeah. Close up stuff is blurry. Yeah. Far away stuff is blurry to the point where it's almost difficult picking out enemies, uh, that are approaching you because everything is blurry. It's, um, it's, it's unfortunate. The textures are all very, very low res. Uh, you walk into the cities and it is, I counted, uh, to, you know, I, one, 1,000, two, 1,000. Th- I got to 31,000 before the city loaded. And unfortunately the first few quests in this, in the city, the first city you get to, which I think is called like Everspring, uh, they send you out of the city and back yes. into the city. Like it's just my initial playthrough on ps4 when it launched was the same way though where i was like on my base ps4 like it wasn't quite that long but i remember being like uh, and it got better on console great on on an ssd on pc i hope there's patching for that on switch but yes it is excruciating dude it's set down your switch and do something else level and then the switch goes to sleep like because you haven't touched it (laughs) yeah yeah i mean again great game 
that I'm rooting for that won awards. It is a great yes. game. We talked Phenomenal about it game. last year. Yes. And it deserves to be played by people. And if the Switch is the only way for you to play it, but that's not really how I would recommend it. I, I mean, I feel like don't, this is not the kind of experience that you're going to come away from and go, wow, this really is a great game. I, I just feel like the content is buried underneath this poor presentation. And, and it feels like this version would be the one where it's like, oh, this big, cool, lengthy, deep, rich role-playing world. I can take it with me wherever I go. I can play, like Cicero was saying, on on commutes, if we actually commuted anywhere anymore. Uh, or, you know, the, 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 the promise of the Switch is these big, huge games. You can bring them, incorporate them deeper into your life. Uh-huh. And I just don't feel like... I, that is delivered here because the, the load times are so long. The experience is just not, not great. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate to me. I, I agree. And again, game pass. Uh, so there's, if you have a better way to play it, yes, please play please this game. Play it, please play yes. it a better way. And I, I agree with you too. I think I would very much recommend this game for me personally. Like I would be like, you know what, Christian, had you not had a code, you should buy this. If two things, one, cross save and two i still traveled and stand-up comedy was still a thing (laughs) (laughs) if the world was the world six months ago yeah uh yeah the the, does it have cross save not that i'm aware of but honestly i didn't look into it because i didn't well that would be huge that would be huge i don't think that it does but that would be huge that would be pretty but again, cool. If, if, and again, I also don't want to, some people I know are still traveling and their work requires them to, and please be safe and good on you and, you know, keep doing what you do, need to do to provide for your family. And, and I understand that. So I'm not being dismissive um, that some people are still out there and they need to be out there commuting and, and traveling and all that stuff. Uh, and I think it could be a perfect fit for that. I am not doing any of that. And yeah. it's just not a perfect fit for me like if mortal kombat 11 had come out today i wouldn't have bought it on my switch you know what i mean like i liked yeah. it on my switch and i bought aftermath because i already had it on my switch but i i'm not the world's not a place where i'm looking to buy multi-platform games on my switch <laughs> right now. it's also another thing i didn't mention is uh it also is a very text heavy game and they didn't seem to do really anything to no you adjust- can bump it up I bumped it to max, dude. I bumped it up to 10 and it's still real. The text is very tiny, even at the max setting. I mean, and it fair, does, you did wear an eye patch for like half of last year. I do have that eyes year? that are, yes, my eyes are uh, revolting against my face. I, I get it. <laughs> but, uh, but even so, you know, also changing the UI text size all the way up to 10, as I did, improved the situation. And I'm glad they included that option. It did not, make the text huge you know you feel like oh i maxed out the text setting it should be big it's not big still pretty small and it doesn't affect the uh the uh subtitles which i couldn't find any slider to increase the size of the subtitles and which again i usually turn subtitles off in these kinds of games but the switch is a is a situation where switch is subtitles on Yep. probably have subtitles on because I probably would be playing it in places where I wouldn't have any audio going, you know, like that's, yep. Yep. it's, it's, it's problematic. And I don't, I just don't think I, you know, it's not the, not the way I would want anyone to play this game. Anyone. So 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If you are intent on playing it, I think it is a great game. And I think you can have fun on Switch. I think there are far better games on Switch that you likely haven't played yet, (laughs) (laughs) you know, to to play. Also, it looks like a really great game comes out in like a month on Switch and Paper Mario. So, you know, unless you're hurting, it's hard to recommend this game in the world we're living in. On Switch. Highly on recommend Switch, the game right, on right. anything else. <laughs> I think we've been clear about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, guys. Uh, should I play it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, le- rest assured, dear listener, my playlist is a lot longer than that. I've, there are three games that I've put a lot of hours into this week that I am not allowed to talk to you about yet. But next week, I think all of them come off of embargo. So we, we will we will be uh, talking part about one, more. Part two and part three? Yeah, all three of them? Yeah, mostly part two, if you know <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> no, but there are there are, there are lots of games coming out. So um, what I have been playing uh, a lot of VR, which it sounds like uh, many of us have. So let's get to that. But first, I want to thank our second sponsor, which is the Gaming Ride Home, the Gaming Ride Home podcast. The one podcast video game obsessives listen to every day. It's video game news, all the headlines, rumors, reviews, hardware leaks, release date, confirmations, and more, all delivered to you every day at 5 p.m. The show is hosted by former Game Informer and IGN legend Kyle Hilliard, and it's only 15 to 20 minutes long. It's like the too long didn't read as a service. Kyle is online all day, reading all the tweets, checking all the rumor blogs, consolidating all the chat around the entire world of gaming so that he can catch you up on everything that happened while you were busy living life. If you need a daily dose of video game news in your life every day, check your podcast app right now and subscribe to the Gaming Ride Home. It's time to talk some VR. And Cicero, I know uh, you said you were not playing this game in VR, but it is a VR staple. I'll let, let you talk a little bit about your experience with Elite Dangerous, because it just oh, got a man. big uh, big announcement this last week. Big, big announcement. Yeah. Uh, she's got legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, you said you couldn't do the singing episode. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she is... Uh, she is Elite Dangerous, and she is uh, about to release in 2021 Odyssey, which will give you uh, the ability to walk around your ship. Um, but even without being able to walk around your ship, Elite Dangerous is the best game that nobody is playing. Um, <laughs> Somebody's except, playing it. Except there are thousands of people that are playing it. <laughs> um, it, 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 is, it is so immersive. Um it was, it was probably, so I, uh, instead of, and I'll, you know, I will cop to this cause, uh, because I'm an honest person, instead of building a PC, which I definitely could have done, I went to iBuyPower and I just bought a PC. Um, and I, so I bought the equivalent of the rich kid who is, who just saw Fast and the Furious and bought himself <laughs> the, the, the fast car instead of building it himself. Um, hey, there's no shame in that. No shame know, in that. I mean, unless you're that kid. If you're that kid, there's shame in it, but not for yes. the buying a PC. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got a. I've got a sweater around my neck right now. Um, I'm on a, <laughs> I just came you're, down a ski you've, slope. You've gone full Chad. <laughs> right. I've gone full Chad. Uh, 
Uh, so, uh, listen here, buddy, uh, (laughs) this, uh, the, the machine is great. Part of the reason that I built this machine was so that, or that I bought this machine was so that I could play elite dangerous, which I didn't need to. It, it kills elite dangerous, but I also bought, um, a, what they call a HOTUS, um, a flight stick and a throttle. You're serious uh, business. You're oh, all yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went from I've been playing this game on uh Xbox for 4 years and went to went to PC. Uh there is no cross save, so I had to start from scratch, but I did not mind at all and it is is so great. Uh they they're uh June 9th um, cause there's nothing big coming out on June 9th. You guys should all be playing Elite Dangerous because they're going to release player owned fleet carriers, which are these giant, giant ships that multiple people can, can dock their ship on and they can travel halfway across the galaxy. Uh, so what they're do, what's going to happen is there's going to be this giant expedition where they're going to go from one end of the Milky Way galaxy to the other end of the Milky Way galaxy over the course of several real world weeks. It'll probably take about six weeks or so wow. um, where they're going to travel using, using the fleet carriers as base stations to jump from one station to the other and just make their way across the galaxy. I think there are, 12 or 15,000 people that are going to be making this journey across the galaxy in this game. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm always just blown away at the ingenuity and the, the beauty of that community. I love elite dangerous. I, I'm so glad we, we got to this game because, uh, you know, we talk on the show a lot about games that you're dating versus games you're married to. Right. And this seems like a game you're married to. I love how passionate you are about it. You've been playing this for literally years, right? Yes. 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 It is. So, and it was, it was one of those things when it was announced, uh, it was announced for the Xbox. Um, it was, I think the very first early access game yeah. Um, in their, in their, uh, system. So when they announced that, I was really excited. And as soon as it was available, I, I, you know, I bought it and, and started playing and knew instinctively that this was the game for me. Um, and I had said several times on, uh, my former podcast, uh, Swan on Me, that this is a game that I may not pick up for months, but I know that two years from now, I'll still be playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it, definitely is that it is i am 100 percent married fully in love with this game and we just renewed our vows on, <laughs> so on pc have you have you uh had the desire to play this in vr because i've heard i mean i've dabbled with it a little bit in vr and i've heard that it is a great vr experience it's, so it's it's transcendent in vr um and and like i said so part of the reason that i bought this that i bought this machine was so that i could play elite dangerous the other part of that was so that I could play Elite Dangerous in VR. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I have not yet purchased my, uh, my new Oculus. I'm, I also bought a house. I'm moving this Friday. So, oh, wow. I'm, yeah. So, I'm waiting, yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm waiting until I move before I, uh, I, uh, annoy my partner with more purchases of electronics and wires. Um, <laughs> and I have it in, in a more private space. Uh, I'm going to have an actual man cave. Uh, wow. So there will be a VR section of my man cave for, uh, for flying, flying in the black. 
Well, we will have to have you back to find out how that all pans out. Because uh, I've I played a little bit of Elite Dangerous uh, when it when VR was new because it was like this is one of the best versions of that experience. And ultimately, for me, I'm I'm I just wanted more of the Eve Valkyrie experience, which is just like a video game, you know, uh, 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 an arcade game. And Eve, uh, excuse me, an Elite Dangerous is very much a simulator. Yes. Um, and uh, for me, I was like, I can't get out of the docking station because I'm too <laughs> terrible at this. <laughs> uh, because you need some actual skill in that game to even just, it, it's like flying a, a real craft of some kind. Yeah. So, so there is no handholding in that game. There is, yeah. you know, it, the, the, there is a tutorial um, that, you know, that you, if you spend an hour on the tutorial, uh, you will, be effective at doing the little things, docking, uh, lifting off, closing your landing gear, those, those kinds of things. But, uh, but you've got to, you, you've got to invest that time then, uh, to do those things. But if you, if you just jump into the game, you're going to crash. It's going to be terrible. You're not going to have fun and you'll never play it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it, it, you definitely have to look at it as, as uh you're not going to go on a one night stand with uh <laughs> right. you know you're not going to just swipe right on on a <laughs> dangerous and right. and think that it's going to be a good time you've got to you've got to ask ask them out on a date and, put in the work uh, and, and yeah and bring some flowers <laughs> and actively so, listen <laughs> i have i have one more question about this sure. and that is uh how many buttons are on your sweet flight stick all right, I'm looking at it right now. So on the stick itself, there are six, twelve on the base, uh, three, uh, three buttons on the throttle, then the trigger. So that's that's uh, sixteen, and then a little uh, like jog dial thing in the middle, and mm. then on the throttle itself, there are another eight buttons or so. Yeah, man, serious business. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Oh man, it's yeah, it's you're it's in. A good time. It's I love a good it. That's very cool. Yeah, I'm pushing well, up my imaginary glasses right now. <laughs> well, I well, I can't wait to have you back, and we'll talk about the VR version when when that all uh, when you experience that. Right on. But, Christian Spicer, you've been playing some VR this week as well. I have as a thing that will come back again uh, in the parting gift. Uh, <laughs> um, I've been listening to Tetris Effect soundtrack, and I was like, you know what? I need to play more Tetris Effect. An incredible version of arguably the best game of all time, and yes, I have moved. And even arguably, I think we said objectively the objectively, objectively, yeah. yeah, that's true, that's true. Objectively, the best game of all time. And I have moved, and I have my PSVR. I, I know where it is. I, I'm not going to lie; I know where it is, but it's not, <laughs> not, it's not set up. It's not set up, and I have my cable. Got to set it up for Iron Man, dude. The demo's out. I haven't, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the demo's out, and I haven't. And I have my cables organized. I got a pretty good little setup. I know where the new consoles are going to go when they come in. And I just, I just haven't set it up, mostly because I hate those hand mon controllers. Um, all that you've being got, said, you've got a spot set aside for the new controllers five months before they the come new out. Consoles? I, I, that's what I meant. Yeah, the console yeah. consoles. <laughs> I know exactly where they're going to go, dude. Come on. You got a five month runway to when they come out. You got you you got that spot. You dust it every day. You got those that when HDMI uh, cable just sitting there, ready to be plugged in. More or less, yes. <laughs> I love it. I, love I, it so I came into how, a new space. 
<laughs> how do you have that space set up for the PS5? We don't even know how much what the footprint's going to be. Well, that's how it's set up. You know what I mean? Like I have two, I have a hole in my wall and I need two bricks to fill it. And so it's going to be <laughs> the One X and uh, the PS5. Yeah, the, it's going to be a mini fridge and uh, an ottoman, you know, so I'm very right, excited all right. for both of them. So I say all that to say um, I have now purchased Tetris Effect on a second uh, console and I bought it on Quest. I had been meaning to for a while. I think I said when it came out on Quest that it is a must play if you are a quest owner and i could probably tell a difference if i played the two like back to back or if i played the pc version you know uh, link cabled my quest and then played it on steam or, or wherever epic game store i think wherever it is and played it that way i'm sure that's the best version of it but having not played the psvr version for a while now and sitting down and playing the quest version it is still incredible absolutely yeah. if, if you only have a quest and I, and I do think Tetris Effect is best played in VR. It's a, if you don't have a VR headset, I still highly recommend Tetris Effect as an incredible game. Uh, but it is best in VR, in my opinion. And if you have a quest, play Tetris Effect. It's so, I was just like, you know, I sat down, just like booted up. I bought it. Like, I should, you know, I'm, I'm going to play. I, you know, I'm just going to download it. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, well, you know, I kind of finished the uh, campaign. <laughs> Real good game. Real good game. And the soundtrack's incredible. The, the you know the Tetris effect, the way that game can transport you, is still second to none. And it's new it's on meditative Quest. and peaceful and lovely, right? It's it, like a great game for our times, right? It, now. it really is, and I think it's great on Quest because of that. Like I can, you know, just sit down or play it before bed anywhere, right? Like it doesn't yeah. require being tethered to anything, and it, and it plays really, really well. So. I that was would right really be my only my only <laughs> gripe with it is that it I, it's gripes the wrong word but my only you know the you said you named off a couple of categories you know if you have a quest you absolutely should buy it if you the only one you didn't bring up is if you already have it on PSVR and you have a quest do you need to rebuy it and no I think no. I think ultimately it's not like it doesn't take advantage of the things that make quests special which is. Well, being able to spin around me. and move. Oh, correct. I, can, I don't go 360, but it makes it special for me in that I enjoy using my quest. Yes, for sure. I just don't feel, I, I don't feel like. Yes. It, 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 yes. If you are the kind of person that, you know, doesn't set up your PSVR every time, or it's a pain to set up your PSVR and it's super easy to slip on your quest. Yes. But, uh, and if you only have the quest and have not played this game yet, then absolutely. I agree. It's just not. There's nothing special about it being on Quest other than it's on a headset that a lot of people have. I don't I just there are other games Correct. like like Super Hot for example. Like get it on Quest because it allows you to do things in that game that a core makes into, a difference. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. That's yes, that's I, my only negative about it really. I agree. If you have it on PSVR, I would assume that's also a superior version of the game in some, you know, processing world maybe more effects or particles or something like that if you have your psvr set up there's no need to rebuy if you are a regular psvr user no reason to rebuy it um but if you have a quest and you think like oh it's been out for a long time on other headsets like it is still one of the best vr games in my opinion and, and it plays really really well on quest you can play something else on quest that does take advantage of that moving and throwing yourself in, from place to place right yeah, and you talk. I feel like you talked about it last year when it came out. It's I did, Pistol yeah. Whip, and mm -hmm. I I will say 
do I zone out during VR talk? Sometimes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> second thing. So I might've zoned out. I might've zoned out. I might've been having a Tetris effect moment when you were talking about this game. But uh, I think it's, gave- the, it's basically the same thing that happens when you go into a town in the outer worlds on switch. It <laughs> <You're just like, laughs> goes to sleep. Right? I'll be honest. I haven't made it into the town yet. I think I'm still waiting. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you gave this game enough praise or I don't know if it's been updated since you played it. If I before. talked very enthusiastically about this game, but yes, go ahead. It's my current favorite quest game. Like, really? Wow. I, I, I didn't. Yeah, go ahead. I love it. And so part of it is I've played Beat Saber till the cows come home. You know what I mean? Like, I think if I had just yeah. played Beat Saber for the first time, I'd be like, this is amazing. Um, but having played tons of Beat Saber and so many of these the, of the big quest games, um, so pistol whip, let me back up pistol whip. Uh, it's kind of like you're on a conveyor belt, like you would at the airport when you would go to the airport <laughs> and you had a long way to walk. You can stand on people that mover. thing. Yeah. People mover. Just kind of chug along. You're kind of on one of those. And then it's a shooting gallery more or less, right? Like picture yep. time, uh, or not time virtual cop or any of those games that you played, but set to great music and to a rhythm and a beat kind of like beat saber, but you don't have to shoot on, on the beats. And then on that people mover, you know, columns and obstacles, you have to duck around things and move around things. And these enemies are popping out, you know, running across and appearing. And it has an aesthetic that is kind of like a, um, you know, synth-waved, neon-soaked version of Super Hot. It's like kind of that same shapes for people, but maybe a little more realistic, but very similar to kind of that Super Hot. You see the polygons. And... I love John Wick Hex, which is out on PS4. I should have mentioned it whenever that was last month when it came out. It's a great game. You should play it. But Pistol Whip feels like you're John Wick. Like I felt – so there's two great things about it. One, I felt like a badass. And two, I know I looked like an idiot, which is like the best (laughs) combination. (laughs) Like in my head, I'm like – and I'm like spinning the gun around and like twirling around columns. And I know – my wife just walks in and immediately is like, you know what? I don't need to wait up for Christian to finish DLC tonight. I'm going to bed. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, a, like my kids kick me in the shin and pretend they don't know me, you know, like, yeah, but it you makes mean, you more feel, than usual. Yeah. Right. Right. It, it makes you feel so cool the same way, similar to how cool I feel playing drums and rock band, you know, and then like seeing yeah. me and being like, Oh, I I'm missing most of the, <laughs> the foot pedals. But it's um, like exactly the promise of video games, you know, is yes. feeling like you're awesome at something that you are, could never actually be awesome at, you know? Yes. And, and that is what the Testament I will one has a great score. And I think there's like 15 scenes that you go through now, various difficulties. Um, and I'm not sure how many it launched with. I think that I counted as about 15 that I could kind of have access to right now. Um, but I also want to give it credit for the aiming mechanic where I felt yeah. like I was hitting things when I thought I should be hitting them. And to it's me, a that subtle means- thing. It's a subtle thing that would only pop out if it was wrong, yes. but takes a whole lot of work to get right. Yes, and I imagine there's some semblance of aim assist to it because some a lot of early VR shooting games, it's like, look down the scope. And I'm like, but the weight of this wand's not right. And it's like trembly and weird and like it's not a super great fidelity in terms of tracking my movements. Here, I, I miss. I'm not. It's not like you pull the trigger and the bullet's like wanted, you know, like it just bends around corners and hits people. 
but I always felt like I made the shot that I should make. And not every VR shooting game is that way. And Pistol Whip, I think, nails that feel. It has you feeling like a total badass. The music is phenomenal. And I loved those games as a kid. I loved Virtua Cop. Uh, what was the Namco one that st- with the foot pedal to reload? Is it, is oh, it time, oh uh, time Crisis, right? Time, time Crisis. crisis. Yeah. Yeah. I love time. And this feels similar to that. Like time crisis had a lot of pushing forward. Like you'd run up to cover and like stepping on the foot pedal to reload is really cool. Pistol whip, you bring your gun down to reload. And just like that kind of like whipping it down. I found myself doing it to the beat and then like pivoting around columns, ducking under things, popping up. And then if enemies get close enough to you, you can, you know, pistol whip them for the name. It is flawlessly executed. I don't even know if it's available on other VR headsets. I'd have to imagine it is. But it plays so very, very well on Quest that I know it's a year old. I think it got updated kind of recently. But I don't know what it added. But if you, like me, have already zoned out, wake up now and check out Pistol Whip on your Quest. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, made by one of the best it's VR Cloudhead, games. Right? Cloudhead, yeah, one of the best VR game studios. They did the Gallery episodes one and two, which I still think are must-play VR games. Um, and I'm anxiously awaiting episode three of the gallery. Uh, but this, yeah, this game shows their skill with this medium. And I agree with you. It's a perfect fit for quest because you really do it it, just like beat saber. You really do want to be moving around and, uh, working up a sweat and, and doing cool things and feeling awesome and you need space and you don't want to be encumbered with cables and it's, and it has the right visual aesthetic that, where yeah. doing it on quest doesn't feel like a downgrade because it's already abstracted anyway and cool. And yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And I know I you can't you. have parties right now, but it's also a perfect party game. Like it's a type like beat saber. You put it on and you instinctively know what to do. It's not yeah. complicated. Like you teleport by this and this is your move. It's like, no, right. You look in your hand. You have this thing that you know, what is you point it at these things that are pointing them at you and you're already moving. It's yeah. really nice. So that's uh, that's Pistol Whip on Quest. Uh, I've been playing a few things in VR as well. Uh, Christian, have you heard of 3D Sen VR? I have not, but I have heard of uh, the other thing you're going to talk about. Okay. Well, <laughs> 3D Sen VR. It's 3D and then S-E-N VR. Uh, single developer, single person developer uh, made it. It's in early access on Steam right now. 20 bucks. And it is an NES ROM emulator for VR. Huh, so you, what? You, you put NES ROMs that you legally own uh, into this thing, and it has it, it supports a very small subset of total NES ROMs. But the ones it does support, it brings them into VR in incredible ways incredible ways so super mario brothers uh super mario world i mean not world super mario uh 2 i think is is one of the games um uh, metroid it, castlevania it's got the mega man it, it supports uh it supports batman christian I'm looking in your direction and what it does what sorry it, I, I zoned out there for a second what, what are we talking about <laughs> Batman, Batman, NES Batman in VR. What it does is it takes the sprites. First of all, everybody listening, just Google a 3D Send VR uh, video in, and watch it on YouTube because I'm not going to be able to do justice to the description, but I'll try. It basically takes the sprites and kind of extrudes them and makes them three dimensional. These 2D 
8-bit sprites. But not every time. Like, it's smart enough, and each each game that they support, that it is supported on 3D Sin, is done... It's a bespoke experience, right? It's not just an emulator. It's not just an NES emulator. And it's not just an algorithm that takes the game and puts it into 3D. It, it Each game is specifically coded to look right. And there are special effects like um, on uh, Zelda, the water like ripples and moves. and huh. um, it, But it, it's like... You can lean in and look around the back of them. You can play Zelda in first person mode. It's got duck hunt and the, the gun mm-hmm. is a rendered 3D thing. It turns your controller into a gun so you can play it, but everything's in 3D. The, the worlds are all blocky. Things are extruded, but also like trees are done as full 3D trees. So each sprite is, has been looked at and modeled in 3D to specifically look as the best way it can in this 3D world, you really have to check this out. It's it's wild. I have two questions. One, is this legal? Two, <laughs> um, is this the? I guess the question is: Is this how you'd want to play any of these games, or is this just like a cool party trick? Does that make sense? Like, would you want to both. replay Mario Three this way? I think it's both. I think it's a cool party trick, but also it's a legit fun way to play these games because you're still looking at what is ostensibly a virtual screen of a television screen. You know, it 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 it's it doesn't take place all around you, right? If you're playing Mario and you right, walk I'm watching right, some videos of Mario Three, it, it looks scrolls, really cool. It scrolls right, like out of an invisible line, right? It it doesn't. It's not just enveloped around all around you. So you're still looking at the game. You can still play the game. As you would, but you can also lean into the world and you can, it, it just looks really cool. It looks super cool. And it's got, it's got full three-dimensional features to it. Um, so I think it's both. I, the legality, it must be, right? Because they're charging money for it. This dude's charging money for it. And I think the disclaimer is you must legally own all these ROMs in order yeah, to he's play not making them in the game. Or they, they are not making the game. They're just making the updates to the ROM that you already own or whatever. Yeah, it's a front end to process these ROMs in some way, which I don't think, like MAME was never illegal. It was just the ROMs that MAME would play for you were, were, you know? So, um, I don't know, I think that may be the reason it works. But it's cool, you should check it out. I think it's right up your alley as somebody who loves retro uh, as much as you do, so. Does it support... Uh, Genesis ROMs? I see a bunch of Not yet. I don't think so. Yeah. It's only Nintendo right now. Um, but hopefully this dude keeps chugging away and like adds more to the library. How are you controlling the camera that's zooming in and zooming out of the camera? With your face. Oh. Your, your head. You're leaning closer to it or moving your head around. Oh, you still play games with your hands? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, noob. <laughs> right. uh, so another VR game that I have been playing this week is called The Wizards Dark Times, which is the sequel to The Wizards, uh, which I guess also had a subtitle that I don't recall. Uh, this originally was going to be, I think, an expansion for The Wizards, but it became a full-fledged sequel. And uh, pretty much every aspect of that game, that first game, has been expanded upon with the Wizards Dark Times. This is 
very cool VR experience where you play as a wizard, a single player adventure where you're going through a fantasy story. You're getting elemental powers. There's like 11 spells, excuse me, 11 spells that you earn over the course of the game. And, um, they, you know, everything from like fireballs and, uh, ice bow and arrow to like an electrical storm and, um, an arcane pulse, which is like this force push thing. Uh, and each of those spells is cast with a physical gesture of your hands. And the gestures are so cleverly, I think, thought of, uh, if you remember, there was a, a game that, um, Insomniac did called The Unspoken, which was an Oculus exclusive like mage battling game. And it it was all about casting spells. And the casting of the spells also involved hand gestures, but it was more like almost like a mini game. Each spell you cast was like a little mini game that you had to solve before you could cast it. It was really fun, frenetic and crazy. But this game takes that and instead of having it be like a little mini game to cast a spell, it's not like tracing something in the sky or, you know, pulling out an anvil like an unspoken and and hitting something. It's actually kind of they've created these gestures that feel like what a wizard might actually do to create that spell. Like, for example, the sort of force push arcane pulse spell you grip the grip buttons and then pull your hands toward your body to charge it and then push your hands forward to release the the spell and so you're literally doing this sort of force push thing with a very thematic force push move so you're like gripping your hands pulling them into you and then pushing them forward and it feels right so there's a spell where you create a shield an arcane shield and you like push a button, the the trigger button, and then pull your hand from your right shoulder across your body down in a diagonal. And it feels like you're pulling a, a shield from your, behind your back. Or uh, it, there's, a, there's a lot of examples, 11 different spells. But all of them sort of have that feeling of doing something really cool in the moment. And also all the spells have like a secondary superpower where you create them and then you like press your hands together and pull your hands apart and they become something else like the uh like the ice bow the way you cast that is you push the both triggers of both hands and put your hands out like you're making a t you know like um cruciform or something and then you pull your hands together and as you bring both hands from being far apart all the way together the ice bow forms and then you've got this bow that you can pull and shoot ice arrows and you freeze bad guys and then you can force push their frozen forms and break them all apart you know like demolition man like wesley snipes at the end of demolition man um but the ice bow also has the secondary attack where if you've got the ice bow already formed, you can press your hands together and then pull the ice bow apart and it becomes two ice daggers that are like single attack, instant freeze on the bad guys. It's really cool. It's really, really, really cool. Um, and, you know, the the game is, is a little rough around the edges. It's not uh, super, super polished, but it's real fun. The enemies are fun. The um, there's a lot of climbing, sort of like the climb. It, it borrows the VR 
mechanics of of the climb where you're you know you're climbing on surfaces and gripping things and moving it's a lot of that there's a lot of traversal in in that kind of way going down ropes and up ladders and stuff like that which is all very fun in vr and um the enemies have variety the game looks pretty decent it's an unreal engine game that looks very unreal engine-y but uh it's a very attractive game in vr and if i hadn't played half-life alex i would think it looked really really good but then you play half-life alex again and you're like oh yeah no vr game looks like this um but uh but i really uh, i really can recommend um the wizards dark times for anybody i'm playing it on uh on steam i think it's available on oculus store as well and stuff but uh i was playing that uh, uh, quite a bit this week and uh and then popped back into half-life alex because they just had that new liquid update where they added a uh, liquid uh, a fluid shader to bottles to add liquid inside them and i was like ah, i gotta see this and i booted the game back up and i was like oh right all the vr games i've been playing recently none of them look like this none of them look as good as this game uh but the the liquid shader is very cool it's it's completely unnecessary it changes nothing about the game but bottles that you pick up have liquid in them and you can shake the liquid around and it looks super real and you know hold it right up to your face it looks super real throw the bottle against the wall it shatters and liquid spills out it's just a cool thing that they added to the game so i i dug it but it's hard playing it's hard playing that game and then any other vr game because it really is head and shoulders above 99% 99% of everything else out there. Well, you know, it only took them uh, 12 years to, to make <laughs> right. it. So. Yes. Yes. 12 years in bottomless pockets. You too right. could create a masterpiece. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let us, uh, I think that's going to be it for this episode. We do have parting gifts coming up. So stick around for those. But Cicero Holmes, thank you so much for being here, my friend. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, it, was, it was a great way to spend any any day or evening. Highly mm. recommend. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Where can folks keep up with you and all the things you do online? Well, uh, the best way to do do so is because I'm an old guy is on Twitter. Uh, I am at Stubby Stan. I'm actually at Stubby Stan on all social media platforms. So, you know, Instagram and, uh, you know. That's about it, because I don't snap or TikTok. No, no videos of me dancing and or singing. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, check out all the things that I'm doing. Uh, I'm on a bunch of different podcasts all over the place, uh, and uh, you know, remember while you're doing that to follow and find and follow my friends, uh, like uh, the rest of my castmates over at the Rivals of Waterdeep. Yes, very very cool show with lots of great people. Uh, Christian Spicer, how about you? What do you got going on this week? Uh, the official The Last of Us podcast episode. The official The Last of Us podcast? The official. Official, official? We talking about practice, official. (laughs) Right. Practice. Practice. Very excited for people to check it out. You can already find the RSS um, if you just look for the official The Last of Us podcast. The teaser is up right now. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm very excited for it. I think people are going to love it. And, uh, you know, the game part one means so much to me. And this podcast is 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 very special, I think, as well. So I'm excited My for favorite. people to listen the thing that makes it special for me is the fact that you were like, I refuse to do this without my co-host Jeff Kanata. And 
that's the part that makes it so special for me is that <laughs> i mean to be fair they actually pitched it that way and i was like just pushing you out of the door so quickly <laughs> they're like we want like, both okay, of you to can't... do it you know you'll both get access to some people at naughty dog and i was like i don't know i think jeff is sick yeah i You're haven't like, seen I have him in the office for weeks I have a counter offer. Let me save you half the money you were thinking of spending on this. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it was. It's like, Jeff is so expensive. Do you know his rate? Oh, my God. He's very expensive. <laughs> you all, I will do it for, uh, uh, to be honest, never crossed my mind. <laughs> 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 I was like, is, 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 is this in VR? No? Okay, we good. Let's do this. <laughs> no, I, um, I'm just teasing because I do think they they picked the perfect person you, you couldn't be a better project for the, for the better host. I mean, you're you're a Last of Us super fan. Uh, I just a dream project. It's it's perfect, and I'm I'm so happy for you, man. It's great. Thank you. Yeah, it'd be a weird podcast if it was like you saying it is a beautiful game. I don't know though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you, folks, that I think uh, by the time you hear next week's episode. The uh, the embargo for the sequel will be up. Uh, Chris and I will have both finished it by then. And uh, we will have, uh, I think, a very, very in-depth discussion about that game because uh, it demands an in-depth discussion, for sure. When's the embargo, for real? I think it's the 12th. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, podcast is the 9th uh look for it the last of the official the last of us podcast and um uh i i i forget where i said it last week but i'll say it again here um black lives matter find a way in your community to affect change in a positive way and be part of making the world a better place i know we sign off with it every show but um now like always be a part of the solution yeah Absolutely. So say we all. Uh, yeah, so say we all. Right. This is the way. Yes, indeed. Uh, I've been very proud of this audience, uh, the messages that I've gotten, um, because honestly, we weren't even sure if we should do an episode last week. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm very proud of this audience and all the feedback that we've gotten. Um, so we and we will uh, continue to uh, do what we can in any small way. And I know that. Uh, if there are ways that our community can uh, elevate other voices, we will attempt to do that as well. I think that's the least we can do. And I hope, uh, I hope people listening are seeking out uh, voices that they may not have been listening to sources of information. They may not have been aware of before. All of that is part of opening our minds and understanding the world uh, in this moment. I think it's important. That being said, uh, I'm going to plug my stupid things that I do. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled two N's and one T. Uh, we love getting your feedback here at the show at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. So uh, let us know um, anything about the show, about video games or anything in life. We love hearing from you. Uh, also, if you want to hear me talk about movies and TV shows, I do a podcast called the Slash Filmcast where I do just that. And uh, this last week we talked about uh, Tom Popo, which or Tam Popo, which is a, a really interesting film that uh, you should you should be aware of if you're not. Uh, it's about ramen. 
Really cool. Uh, so you can find that at slashfilmcast.com. I also do a comedy science show called We Have Concerns. And you can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. And The Dungeon Run, which is my uh, long-form Dungeons & Dragons live play. And um, we took the episode, uh, we took the week off last week, no episode of The Dungeon Run. We just thought it was time for us to step back and I think that we will be resuming with the show this week. But either way, you can find it uh, on YouTube by searching for The Dungeon Run. Uh, you can find us on IGN. We were on IGN last Ooh, week as well awesome. uh, with That's the cool. show. Yeah. Uh, and you can find it as an audio podcast by searching for The Dungeon Run there. Uh, I think we're back uh, next Wednesday or the Wednesday of the week you're listening to this uh, at caffeine.tv slash The Dungeon Run at 6 p.m. Pacific time where we record live. All right. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is parting gift. Cicero, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I do. Um, but I want you to come back to me because I just had a brain fart and forgot it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Christian Spicer, what's your parting gift? Yeah, double dose of of music for people. I only had one written down, but Lady Gaga's new album is, it, I mean, it's a dark world, but it's a it's a album that you can dance to and it's fun. And um, you know, my girls and I have enjoyed listening to it and moving around. And then what I mentioned earlier, the Tetris Effect official soundtrack is out on digital and Apple Music, Spotify, stuff like that. And it's such a phenomenal soundtrack that even if you don't play the game i imagine you'll enjoy listening to the music or you'll listen to the music and then go buy the game again <laughs> it's real nice very cool yeah all right i remember now go ahead all right so um uh so the i'm actually i am gonna also double dip so i will say uh one thing that you guys can watch if you guys ha have amazon prime you're a human uh, at least if you're an American, you got it. Um, so two things. One is I am not your Negro. It's a, uh, um, a documentary from James Baldwin, um, that was filmed, uh, in the sixties or seventies. Um, and he, he, he spends a fair amount of time speaking truth to power in a, in a just, provocative but powerful powerful way um please 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 take a take a watch of that and um also if you guys haven't watched also on amazon prime upload um mm. it's the first season of upload it's uh you know jeff uh, jeff actually and christian i think both of you guys would like it it's it's really really short i, I was able to watch the entire season in a day um and, uh, but it's set in the near future and it's kind of like if pushing daisies met the matrix. Ooh, two of my favorite things. Yeah. So, um, very cool. it's, it's very, it's very much got that pushing daisies humor along with, uh, some real weird future stuff. Yeah, it's a show created by Greg Daniels from The Office. So, uh, a good, good creator. Yeah, I haven't really watched it yet, but I, I intend to check it out. I've heard good things about Upload, uh, and I am not your Negro as well. I have not, I have not seen it. I need to, I need to watch that. Um, 
We have a listener-suggested parting gift. This comes to us from Adam in Meridian, Ohio. Adam says, uh, Hi, thanks so much for DLC. I've been listening since the beginning and go way back to the weekend confirmed days. My wife recently purchased a Peloton bike to help yeah, keep right. us We've active. seen the commercial. We've seen it, Adam. <laughs> we know what happened. <laughs> tried to get, we tried to get Peloton to sponsor us, but now we're doing the free advertising. Anyway, he says, uh, my wife recently purchased a Peloton bike to help keep us active during these crazy times. I'm not here to convince anyone to drop the boatload of cash required for one of those bikes, but I'd love to try and establish a community of DLC fans that are already members or those thinking to join soon. So I created the Peloton tag hashtag geeks and sneaks in hopes of connecting up with fellow dlc fans i figured why not get some additional motivation to power through a workout just like you've been helping us do for years if not peloton find some other way to take care of your bodies i battle ongoing depression and anxiety and i find regular exercise helps me feel just as much better mentally as it does physically hopefully we can all find ways to continue to uplift and motivate one another have a great and safe week. Thank you, Adam. I think that is great advice. Uh, part of what we say about Geeks and Sneaks is is definitely the mental part. It's, I, I tell you, I've been feeling a lot of really dark thoughts these last uh, few days and a couple of weeks and <laughs> the entire of 2020 uh, and the last four years. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I, I always feel better after I go for a run or do something physical. It, your body, your body does appreciate uh, moving, and it wants to move. And once it, it's the hardest thing to do it, but after you do it, you go, "Oh yeah, I remember why it's supposed to feel good." So I love this. So if if you have a Peloton, uh, get on that hashtag Geeks and Sneaks uh, tag and uh, meet up with other other DLC fans, and uh, maybe we can get Peloton to sponsor us. That would be pretty great too. All right. Oh, my, excuse me. My, uh, my parting gift is a movie that I watched last night with my wife, uh, called Love Birds. It's the, it's the new movie, um, Great. from, uh, Kumail Nanjiani. And, uh, what is the name of the female lead? Issa, um, Issa Rae. Issa Rae. She's so great. Yes. So great. I apologize for not remembering her name, but also she, watch Insecure on HBO. Really great. Yeah, I, I, well, I didn't. I have not watched Insecure, and everybody says she's amazing, but she is so charming and so funny in this movie. Uh, and I'm already a fan of Kamales, but uh, th- I, we were laughing our heinies off watching a Lovebirds. It is really funny. It is. Uh, I love that it's about two people that have been in a relationship a long time. There's, it's a. I mean, it's a wacky comedy, but usually the wacky comedy is the two people that sort of fall for each other during it. And this one starts with people who already had fallen for each other and were kind of falling out of love for each other. And I just thought that was such a clever place to start. And uh, it's it's a delightful, very funny movie. So yeah. I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. I've yet really to watch good. it, but I know uh, Moses Storm is in it as well. I don't know how big his role is. I, I hope it's substantial. But he's an incredible comedian and um, really, really funny dude uh, as well. So it's on my like yeah. queue. I just haven't sat down to like... I feel weird watching like lighthearted yeah, stuff, if that makes it, sense. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of Game Night. In, in yes, that it's, yes. It's, it's a comedy that's also wrapped in, uh, you know, some other genre, but also wrapped in a comedy. Right. You know, yeah. It is, yeah. It is this movie burrito. 
Okay, now I'm on board. You I called love- it a burrito. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I knew it was going to be charming. I did not realize how gut busting funny it would be. And I mean, there are sequences where I was I was really laughing hard out loud uh, with not, my wife. It was great. Not to say that Netflix movies are lesser than like straight to net, you know, whatever. Like uh, Scorsese had a Netflix film, whatever. But this was also this was theatrical. Like this was a road right. to summer. Theatrical, when, like before the Marvel movies come out, swinging thing before COVID, and and they yeah, sold it. Back to when Netflix. there was a theatrical, yeah, yeah, back when we had theatrical. Anyway, uh, good stuff. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Cicero Holmes and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to all the folks hanging out in our live stream. Uh, we appreciate you making the show better in real time. Thank you, thank you. We appreciate our musical contributors, Patrick L, Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those awesome bumpers that you hear thank you to each and every one of you who tunes in we appreciate you we'll be back next week until then think about what you put out into the world make it a better place